Welcome back to Cindy's Political Corner. As I mentioned, I am doing my uh, welcome, my opening corner a little differently because my opening relates to our next guest. I've been trying to get Elaine Phillips on my show for two months, and I'm so glad I have her because she is a Republican and we know Republicans come out Election Day and we are going to come out for Elaine. But I have been told that I am really one of the few people in New York that understands what's going on and why the comptroller is by far the most important election today. And that is because the comptroller controls your money on the local level, in your districts, whether or not you're in the city. And few people realize that because the New York Republican candidate is so weak, the Democrats going to overwhelmingly win. He is a socialist AOC person. He, in our di- uh, district, Nassau County, where we have so many Jewish Zionists, this person is looking to support BDS. Well, we have with us tonight a leader who will fight BDS, who I have worked with for years. I've met her when she was state senator and through various uh, other uh, events we've worked on together. So voting in Elaine Phillips is a very important win because so many of us know people in the city, have businesses in the city, actually transport to the city. And if you're in Nassau, Suffolk, and Westchester, it's key to learn and to make sure every one of your friends gets out, whether or not they're Democrats, independents, or Republicans. Go vote red if you want to have any money in your bank and not have Janet Yellen take it from you. Elaine Phillips, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. And this is such a special show for me. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I hope I said it accurately, why everybody must go out and vote for their comptroller. Absolutely, Cindy. First, thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, I'm honored to speak to your audience about uh, the importance, in my case, for the Nassau County comptroller's role. And you are spot on. Uh, People have to understand that this election, it's a non-presidential election, is important to still get out and vote. So many people get complacent in these non-presidential years, but these are the elections that impact your wallet, your pocketbook, your wallet. So uh, I am going to be right behind you here supporting people. Please get out and vote. And if anybody needs help to get out and vote, you can reach out to Cindy Gross or through the show or through a Elaine's people, we will make sure if you need a carpool, if you're not sure you see something that looks funny at your voting place, you contact me. Everybody does anyway every year from all boroughs. I will make sure to get it known to the right people. We are going to make sure our vote counts correctly. So, Elaine, tell us a little bit, for those who don't know you as well as I do, you are a former state senator. You are running for Nassau County Comptroller. And tell us, Besides the reasons I gave, you have to tell us a little bit about why you are running. Yeah, let me tell you. So the Nassau County Comptroller, the Comptroller for County Government, is really the watchdog, the division that looks and watches over your taxes. 
And I believe that the taxpayers of Nassau County deserve to have somebody with an established track record of independence, fairness, responsiveness to constituents and problem solving. We have seen right now a huge mishandling of this reassessment and the deterioration of our services here in Nassau County. The comptroller, if I was to be elected, you go in, you audit the departments that impact the taxpayers of Nassau County. You need experience. Cindy, as you mentioned, I had the honor of representing the seventh Senate district in the New York State. And we can talk about some of my legislation when it comes to BDS and uh, the Holocaust education, making sure that it's, um, it's being taught in the New York State curriculum. And we can get to that. But uh, just to give you a little bit of background. So 25 years on Wall Street, most of that time spent at Goldman Sachs. I then was also in the public sector. I was a trustee in my village. I then became the mayor of my village, the village of Flower Hill. That's right where St. Francis Hospital is on the North Shore. And then I had the honor to serve the people of uh, my Senate district in the New York State Senate. So I have the private experience. I have the public experience. Um, you know, I chaired diversity when I was at Goldman Sachs. I chaired our diversity efforts. I made sure in the New York State Senate um, that I worked on the MWBE uh, committee to make sure that uh, uh, New York State had an open uh, opportunities for all people throughout the state. Um, in addition, just on the private side, I'm on the board of Island Harvest, which is the largest food bank here in uh, here on Long Island, uh, I'm on the finance committee. Uh, I'm also on the board of trustees and chairing the finance committee for SEO Family of Services, which is an amazing organization, the largest uh, organization that provides child and family services in the metropolitan New York area. So. You know, Cindy, 35 years, uh, I started when I was young, uh, 35 years in finance. I know my way around a balance sheet. I will do, and I've always put my constituents first. First and foremost is constituent services. And I want to say- I was just going to say, you just say constituents. Your work is way beyond your constituents. Don't limit it there, even though- you're working now to, to vote, your success, and it's not if you're going to win, it's when you're going to win, because we are seeing the numbers, what's coming out, the 36% approval rate of Biden is trickling down to the local races. So when you win, and it's way beyond your constituents, you actually took my next question, which was, Tell us a little bit about, because I know how much work you've done in the private sector, which is what somebody need in this position really needs. It's not like in other government positions, but being in charge of money and being successful on your own, you know how to budget. You know how to work with a bunch, you know, different groups. You know how to allocate, uh, allocate and give responsibility to people within your uh, office. I mean, everything that is needed. And I can't emphasize enough, 
This is the most important race of this election. It's the money. We are living in inflammatory times every day, every headline. The prices are going up. Tell us a little bit about what you would like to do in Nassau County of a change in some, besides the ordinary about lowering the taxes, which is a huge issue here, and of course, supporting not just be, you know, fighting BDS, but um, anybody that does any discrimination, because you went into that so beautifully. What are some of the first uh, tasks you wish to take on as controller? So first, thank you, Cindy, for the question. First uh, and foremost, a audit has to be done on this reassessment that was rolled out. Um, we have veterans that aren't getting, that didn't get their exemptions. We have senior citizens that got tax increases of $800 a month uh, when they should have gotten exemptions. We have homes in Wontaw that are literally beside each other same developer, so they look exactly the same, three bedrooms, two baths. One home is paying $7,500 more than the other home. What is going on? I mean, what is going on? And that is probably the most powerful role of a comptroller in the county government is the ability to go in and audit, the ability to go out in there independently and figure out what is going on. The fact is, this reassessment was never beta tested. It was rolled out for some reason before it was ready to be rolled out. And it is riddled with errors. Second thing I would do is look into the Department of Consumer Affairs. For any small or mid-sized business, or any business for that part, that does business with Nassau County, you need a permit. They are backlogged with 5,000 renewal permits. 5,000. Wow. And then, the, and then my understanding, new permit applications are backlogged by uh, 700, 800. Now, Channel 12 did a little piece on a gentleman that is a business owner, and he stated that he has lost $450,000 of business because he can't get a renewal of a permit that he has gotten for years. And the excuse is COVID. Well, I don't know about your listeners, Cindy, and you, and I know you were working during COVID. I worked during COVID. So, so you're telling me the, the, the employees in the Department of Consumer Affairs weren't working? Well, what are we paying for? So I took, a, I did a little calculation. I said, okay, Let's assume that there are 5,000 renewals of permits. So these are business owners, small, mid-sized business owners that are trying to do business. They can't get their permit. And say the opportunity cost wasn't $450,000. That's a lot. Let's say $50,000. You take 5,000 times 50,000, you have $250 million of lost economic stimulus for Nassau County. I mean, that's just, it's mind you know, I shake my head. It's mind blowing. I mean, what is going on in the county? Why are we seeing this extreme mismanagement? Um, 
And that's where your independent audits, that's where your controller, that's where your watchdog goes in and does an audit, does a report, and works with the county executive, works with the county administration. Cindy, I think you know me well enough. I'm not an I gotcha person. It's just, you know, I'm a fifth degree black belt in a Korean martial arts. And, you know, our philosophy is honesty and, and uh, respect, but it's also humility. So, you know, as I view the job, I go in there, I go in there to help, to help get this county straightened out. Well, I have to tell you, just listening to you and knowing the work you've done, I mean, I know my independent and democratic voters are really thinking about this, especially since I have to be honest with you, and I'm pretty in tune to what's going on in all the parties, including the third parties. I don't even know the name of your opponent, as opposed to other races where the names are very well known. This is one race that nobody knows the name. I don't remember. And I'm not mentioning it. (laughs) You know, uh, I ran into, I was at a civic association on the North Shore last night in an area that I represented as a senator and uh, a gentleman from the other party, Democratic parties running for a local election. And he came, but he's involved in the Democratic Party. And he came up to me and he goes, you know, Elaine, you have a very strong base of supporters in Democrats here on the North Shore. And I said to him, you know why? Because I worked for the people. Once I was elected, I did the right thing for the people of the 7th Senate District, for the people of my village. And I promise all your listeners, they get out and vote for me on the Republican uh, line, conservative line, or the tax revolt line. For those Democrats out there that can't seem to vote on the Republican line, you can go to the tax revolt line. They vote for me. I will do the right thing. So I have to say, and I'm proud to be one of them, 2020 was a year of the Republican woman. And I must say, in the races in 2021 in New York, on their own, even without the help of their county leaderships and their committee people, the, the woman of New York Republican Party are rocking it all over the place. And you are one of them. And you are actually, I know, working a lot with one of the other superstars, Mozzie Philippe. Yes. What a find, huh? Yes. What a find for the Republican Party. And, of course, Ann Donnelly. I mean, everywhere you turn, that's all everybody's talking about is stop bail reform. And I keep telling everybody, you and uh, Ann are basically, you know, I guess Wonder Woman and Superwoman because you guys are going to be the heroes for people with their money and their safety. You know, let me just say, um, Ann Donnelly, you could not find a better district attorney than Ann Donnelly. Um, She was raised in a law enforcement family. She has worked tirelessly um, in the district attorney's office. She has prosecuted every crime you could possibly think of. She has no political ambitions beyond being district, district attorney. And quite frankly, had her opponent not, you know, voted not just once, but twice for the bail reform legislation, I'm not sure, Anne, I think she would have stayed in her role as an ADA. 
But when her opponent stood on the steps of her, her courthouse and said that announced his candidacy, she knew that she had to get involved. And remember folks, not only is she running, she had to leave her job in order to run. So she had to quit her job to run for district attorney. Anne Donnelly is who we need for di district attorney. Anne we need Donnelly all our women. We'll keep, we'll keep our county safe. So she's not a politician. Anne Donnelly is a district attorney. So I'm going to ask you a question, a couple of questions, actually. This is, believe it or not, I get more response from listeners to these questions than anything else. Because I say, Cindy, you hit on something that most interviews, you know, don't have. We'd like to learn a little bit about the people, you as a person. Great. Tell us a little bit about Elaine, the person. What is your favorite food? Oh, what is my favorite food? Ah. Uh... So it used to be a good steak, but I found as I've gotten older, so maybe a good bowl of pasta would be my favorite food. Oh, I probably know where also. <laughs> the Long yeah. Island Republican hangout. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. um, can I tell you? Yes. Cindy, I don't want to get a but can I tell you, a can I share with your listeners um, a little story of how or why I got so close to Israel. Absolutely. We're all for that. So it's a, it's a really wonderful story. So my children, so I have three daughters. They're 28, 26, 24, and I'm extremely proud of them. They are very successful young women. But uh, when they were younger, um, I had sent them to a private school in Rosalind, uh, Buckley Country Day School. And for some of your listeners that have been around for a while, the head of athletics was a gentleman named Roby Young. And Roby was on the Israeli soccer team, probably back in the 60s for anybody that followed soccer. And uh, he had moved to the United States and was our athletic director. And this was, uh, gosh, I'm not sure exact year, I wanna say 15 years ago. And this is when the Hezbollah were raining rockets into Haifa, you know, all day long, right? So Roby came, and I was on the board of trustees. I was actually the treasurer uh, of the board of the school. And so my finance background and uh, Roby came to the headmaster and me and said, you know what? I'd love to bring some children out of Haifa to our summer camp. And I can bring Jewish children. There is a Muslim sect in Haifa and there's a Christian sect in Haifa. So I'm going to bring work through all these organizations and bring these children over. So there was no questions. Jean-Marc Joel, the headmaster and I, there was no, no questions. And of course, Ruby. So they needed families for these children to be housed in. And uh, two of my three daughters were at sleepaway camp. So I said, you know, I will take a couple girls. So I took, uh, well, three girls, but uh, two girls, and then a third one didn't like her family. So she came and lived with me too. So I now have uh, uh, the two girls that I was the closest to and stayed the longest with me. I have two Israeli daughters. So my husband and I had the opportunity now twice um, to go over to Israel and uh, 
visit our daughters. Uh, one of our daughters uh, um, married an American boy, so they married here in New York City, and my husband uh, was stood up for them, witness there was the witness for their wedding. Um, we had the opportunity, one of the times when we were there, there, one girl was from the Christian sect, one girl was Jewish, so we had an opportunity to bring their families together in Haifa. They had never met. Um, I speak to my Israeli daughters often. Um, I'm, a, uh, I guess, a, uh, a grandmother, uh, not direct, but indirect grandmother from one of my daughters. Um, and, uh, um, you know, it's, it's truly has made my connection with Israel that much more special, really, that much uh, more special. I have to tell you, in all the years I've known you, I've never heard that story. And that's the kind of stories I like to bring out on my show because we like, people forget. It's just politics. It's one a- asset of us. It's one characteristic. It's one part of our personality. We are still women, mothers, daughters, sisters, neighbors. And we just take on to help everybody because we're concerned neighbors. Right. That's right. You want to do the right thing in the world. And, and, you know, and proud Americans, because I'll tell you, when I was standing on a tank in the Golan Heights, looking, you know, across the border, you realized, you realized the importance of the independent Jewish state of Israel. It truly is the protection that the United States has between us and the rest of the chaos in the Middle East. So for any American not to stand up for the great state of Israel, they, have, they do not understand what Israel does for the people of the United States. So one of my projects, aside from this, is I'm actually bringing some 2022 candidates to Israel. And I would love, since you have such a passion, to come and join us on our mission. I'm hopefully going to start to work on it November 3rd after everybody wins their elections. Elaine Phillips for Nassau County Comptroller. And I am telling every single listener, whether or not you're in Manhattan, whether or not you're in Nassau, Suffolk, or Westchester, you must vote red. And don't think that because you live in one area, it's not going to overlap with Nassau. Because you all, look, I know I go to museums in all the boroughs, in Westchester, and restaurants, and I take the trains back and forth. That's all a part of it. And Elaine could be a major force for New York State in this victory. I can't emphasize it enough. This is really, really the most important race because of who is going to become the New York City Comptroller. We and you can't, you can't be complacent, folks. You got to get out and vote. Early voting starts uh, this Saturday, October 23rd. It runs through Sunday, October 31st. Then there's one day where it's black. There's a blackout day. And then Tuesday, November 2nd is the regular election day. So there, there is no excuse to say, you know, I'm working or I don't have a babysitter or, you know, whatever. There are ample opportunities to vote. 
We need everyone. You know, and I'm going to say in Nassau County, please come out and vote. Vote row B, row C, row, row D for Elaine Phillips for Comptroller. And I just want to remind everybody, if anybody has any questions, they need a carpool to pick them up and get there. We are going to do it. That's one of Jewish Vote GOP's grassroots way we're getting volunteers. We will do it. I will make the phone calls. Everybody knows I'm on the phones now, one in the morning, five in the morning. It is this so, so, so important. Don't forget the 2021 elections are going to help make people decide the 2022 redistricting. So if you don't get out and vote, they're going to just say we're going to make New York State entirely Democratic. And that's not true. We're not moving. We're improving. Right. We're improving. Elaine Phillips, thank you so much. Again, Nassau County Comptroller. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you to all your listeners. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to this very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross, and I'm really happy to uh, introduce you all, if you don't know him, to our next guest. Oz Sultan is not only a district leader in New York, he is head of the Harlem GOP, but he has taken it upon himself to run in the 30th District for State Senate. And for many of my listeners who don't know what that area is, it is the Upper West Side, and it goes through Washington Heights in those areas. There are many Jewish areas. We have a large Jewish consistency here. But what's more important, I've known Oz for years, and we have worked together successfully on many projects. Oz, it doesn't care whether or not you're young, old, black, white, Asian, Arab, Jewish or Christian. He is for the people. He is the leader of grassroots. Welcome to the show, Oz, and tell us all about your state Senate campaign. Thank you, Cindy. And uh, thank you for having me. Um, you know, it's interesting. This is, a, this is a quick one. This is the seat that was vacated by Brian Benjamin um, recently. And we had about five weeks to ramp up a campaign and, and really kind of get in there. Um, you know, what we're looking for is, uh, is really help with the votes. Um, we've got a platform that's, that's focused on a couple of things. Um, the first is that, you know, we need to, to fix the police. And I think that really kind of comes with additional funding for the police, uh, removing the military tactics that, that they've been training them with in terms of takedowns. And then 
working more in community affairs, the police, police athletic leagues, you know, a variety of the things that the police provide to our communities on, on a regular basis that I, I just don't think a lot of folks see um, that are the after school activities, the after school events, the the kind of consistent engagement and just kind of rebuilding that relationship inside of the community. We're also kind of focused on on getting the crime units back in place, because uh, as you've seen, you know, with double digit um, crime scaling in the city, uh, you know, we need we need a, a number of changes. Above and beyond that, um, we're focused on fixing homelessness. You know, the, the city currently spends one hundred million dollars to to basically house about five thousand people. And that that works out to about thirty five hundred dollars per person per month being spent on these, uh, you know, I call them, they're, they're basically like, like prisons almost because they're bunk beds and they feed them really bad food, but that money could be spent in giving them dignity and giving them housing, but it's being spent on carriers like Cuomo's sister, um, who actually is in place and is the recipient of a lot of, a lot of these contracts in the state level. And, and then that needs to be looked into, that needs to be investigated, and that needs to be retargeted. And also with the amount of money that we've had coming in, when we did HOPE 2020 last year, we did the count, it was 50,000 homeless in New York, you know, and Ben Carson had come down and given the city $117 million. Well, where is that money? How is that money being utilized? You know, why isn't there any really auditing on this kind of stuff? And and, and we want we want to make sure that from the state level down that we have a holistic homeless program that isn't leaving people, you know, to, to basically pee in the front of buildings on the upper West side, which right. is, which is what you're seeing, you know, and, 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 and defecate in front of synagogues and things like that, that this kind of stuff shouldn't be happening. Well, um, it's been in the news. It's made headlines, especially on the upper West side, not only that, but education, I'll never forget last year or maybe a year and a half, you know, you lose track Mm-hmm. Uh, when the former schools chancellor, Richard Carranza, actually uh, had a tweet about the uh, privileged white parents up on the Upper West Side. And look at you. You are not a privileged white person and you're not a, a progressive like Brian Benjamin is. So what do you tell people who are independent thinkers, who are Democrats, who are tired of what you just described as on the streets of the Upper West Side and in the Bronx, why they should vote for you? Look, in District 5 and 6, just the, the, the education side of this, we're the lowest STEM and the lowest STEAM inside of pretty much all the districts in, inside of Lower Manhattan and most of the districts inside of New York State. Okay, It's, it's, it's just embarrassing. Um, there's, there's hundreds of millions of dollars in state money that could be reallocated to the Board of Education, to, to really kind of fix this, to bring us into the 21st century, to bring in computer education, to really make sure that our kids can compete, you know, and, and that's what we're not getting right now. And then if you look at the other aspects of what needs to be done around here, joblessness is, is a, at a high and we have state Democrats that keep focusing on raising the minimum wage. It's not about raising the minimum wage. It's about bringing in skilled education. I've got the Ruby Wright job program, which is named after Sister Ruby Wright, who was a Republican district leader for 50 years in the 68th district and passed away last year. And that's for healthcare jobs. But what we want to do is we want to bring in the high skilled 
manufacturing and tech jobs. You know, I've talked to IQ4, I've talked to CUNY, I've talked to a number of different organizations. There's the ability to tie this directly into the Department of Labor and a bunch of jobs that start at 35,000 plus per year with six months worth of training. We can get people into certificate programs and we can, we can kind of revolutionize what they do and, and, and pull them away from expensive college educations and get them into things that are paying 50 to a hundred thousand dollars easily within 18 months. And then, and then it really kind of comes down to affordable housing. Um, in community board 11, which is Albaria, we had over 7,000 units authorized during the Bloomberg administration. Okay. And we haven't had these built. And what we keep getting is these ticky tacky McMansions in the sky that are made out of spray concrete and rebar that are really poor construction and have very short land leases on them. And, you know, this is not what we need to be selling in our neighborhoods. The whole purpose of Uptown, whether it's the Jewish community, the Muslim community, the Latino community or the black community. And those are some of the bigger ones we have. We also have a Chinese community up here. Okay. People were looking for more housing space for their families. And that's what Uptown was. Not $1.2 million, 1,400 square foot units. That, that's not what Uptown's about. That also doesn't really solve things for our, for our folks. I mean, this is also one of the few places in New York where you can still get a storefront for less than $5,000, you know, on a monthly basis. And you can open a business. That's what we need to, to really be focusing on. And that, so that gets to my next aspect, which is we need to demystify all of this like regulatory nonsense we have in, in Albany right now. Just for someone to go and get business licensing to operate in the state of New York, they have to go through a wizard. Okay. So there's like, there's this huge piece of software you have to go through and it's going to tell you all these different things that you have to file for. And there should be simplified business licensing. There should be simplified access to open businesses for, for people inside of New York. And we also shouldn't have onerous, you know, legislation out there. I got an endorsement by the vaping industry and people kind of laugh at that, but it's like, look, why do we have a nanny state that, that removes, you know, the opportunity for people. There were, there were many vape stores up here that opened up and people had poured their life savings into this. Why did we have the Cuomo administration, the Democrats taking these things apart? You know, in, in one industry as is in another industry, and we need to simplify a lot of the regulations and kind of claw back on some of those things. And then the last thing, and I just want to, this, this one's going to be a little interesting. We looked at what Andrew Yang had talked about, and I work in the blockchain industry, and one of the big things I'm about is killing the bit license. But we've also come up with a method by which we can bring in some of the, the crypto technology and we can create a UBI model. And so we're going to drop a pilot, ideally by spring of next year. I've got a press release that's going to be coming out soon. Um, and our goal in, in a nutshell is this. If we can help people into kind of a workfare type idea that's not like AOC and not like everyone else, which wants to tax everybody, but we can do this by leveraging technology in a way that can actually create generative wealth, we can build enough of a war chest around a number of things in the state to actually give people generative UBI, get them into level ups in terms of whether that's a job or, you know, access to housing or a variety of other things so that they can actually just build, you know, that American dream in New York, like we had thought about, because this is turning into what the Blasio wants to have as a trillionaire city. 
And that's not what New York's about. And that's not what we as New Yorkers want. So right now, we're days away. People have to come and vote on November 2nd. And they also have to vote uh, no on the three propositions to uh, expand voting. Tell everybody where they could find you if they have any questions. I'm sure knowing you, you have uh, people that could help get voters to the polls and to mm-hmm. if anybody has any questions, where can they yeah. reach out to you? We have a handful of volunteers and we're looking for a few more. And, you know, if you're interested in poll working jobs, please reach out. I'm available at oz4ny.com. That's O-Z-F-O-R-N-Y.com. We're looking for a couple of last minute, you know, um, fundraising uh, assistance pushes as well. I mean, if anyone would care to donate. But the big thing is this. Take one of your friends and go out and vote. Okay. If you can grab a friend, you can get out and vote. I, I, this is one of those those times where we've got a number of Republican candidates uptown. We've got myself and Edwin De La Cruz. And, you know, we're standing for the change that New York needs. Um, we're standing in, in front of hundreds of millions of dollars of corruption that have gone on for a long period of time. And the fact that money never makes it down here from Albany. And we're upset with this. We, we know that there's a big need to, to change our communities. Um, and we want to be that change and we want to be the leaders that help build for the future. You know, religious persecution, the number of things that are going on, the attacks in front of synagogues here, all of that stuff has to stop. And that needs to stop with stronger legislation in Albany. Um, and that needs to, to start with folks like you voting for folks like us and us being the change that you want to see. As Sultan, State Senate, District 30, Upper West Side through Harlem, also the head of the Harlem GOP and a district leader for the 70th district. Thank you so much for joining Cindy's Political Corner. Thank you, Cindy. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar stress-free and fast just ask joseph m from brooklyn remax iq made it easy no for sale sign i had offers in days i saved ten thousand dollars in commission and i was in contract fast if you are thinking of selling remax iq has created a smarter home selling experience our successful real estate agents in new york will sell your home for as little as two percent commission and get you top dollar stress-free and fast to learn more call 800-800-1372 that's 800-800-1372 we're not a discount broker we're remax iq speak with a top agent today 800-800-1372 that's 800-800-1372 or visit remax IQ.com. and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to this very special episode of Cindy's Political Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Our next guest, you all know, if you follow me, you definitely know that Sean Spicer has been a guest, whether or not it's been in my articles or on the show before. We are here with him in one of the very first interviews about Radical Nation, the brand new book. We hear him every night in Newsmax, at least in my house. We never miss it. Sean, thanks for joining the show. Always a pleasure to be with you, Cindy. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for your service to the country, to the world, to uh, our Jewish constituents and our friends in Israel. You've always been there for us. 
And now more than ever, people must read Radical Nation. Not only is it your thoughts, but it's actually using facts about what is going on and what each one of us must do to move forward. Tell us a little bit about the book. Well, thanks, Cindy. It's I mean, first, it is the first real comprehensive look at the Biden-Harris administration. But people in it, um, and frankly, what I like to talk about is the lack of qualifications. When you read the book and you realize um, who some of the folks are that are in the jobs, I'm sure they're nice people. Um, I'm sure that they're you know smart in a lot of ways, but they're in the wrong jobs. Dennis McDonough shouldn't be the chair, the secretary of the Veterans Administration. Pete Buttigieg, who was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, oversaw a bus fleet of 66 buses before leading the transportation department that oversees seaways, railways. Um, and so, uh, and then it looks at the policies and it talks about where they're going wrong, why we are going to be in the situation we are now. And frankly, I think the biggest thing is what is at stake. And then Cindy, I end the book chapter 20 by talking about what conservatives can do to get involved, to fight back, to protect themselves, all of that. And I think part of the reason I did that was that I didn't want to just lay out all the problems and say, I hope you agree with me, we're screwed. It was, hey, here's what we can do to make sure that that this doesn't happen, that we stop the direction that we're headed in, that we course correct, et cetera, et cetera. So I think people need to know that it's difficult these days. The left controls you know, Hollywood, late night shows, big tech, academia, corporate America, government, all of these major institutions. Um, and so it can be intimidating at times. But I think we've got to be willing to stand up, to fight for what we believe in, to fight for our country uh, and to know that there are other people that are willing to do it. And also, and that's what I'm saying in the chapter, I, I write ways that people, you know, who can amplify that, who can protect you, uh, meaning if you really want to, if you're you know willing to take on some institutions or some organizations that will uh, take up your costs and help fund it. So it's, I wanted people to, to know that there's help out there, that there's support, there's places and resources that you can go to. If you're a parent and you've got kids, you know, um, where those kids can join, because I get that a lot of times. It, parents are like, my kid wants to get involved. What do I do? And I talk about Turning Point USA, or uh, Young America's Foundation, um, you know, campus reform through the leadership. And so all of these organizations are great to help take kids that are interested in the political system uh, but don't necessarily feel that there's a home forum on college campuses. Well, as an education activist, I couldn't agree with you more. And you could add in, you probably don't even realize, we recently started Jewish Vote GOP, and we are helping grassroots uh, candidates who are often ignored because they're not in a swing state or it's a local election. It's been very powerful here in New York. And you're right, there are resources. Like everybody says to me, should they go out and vote in 2021 because they still can't get over 2020? If we don't get out and vote in 2021, we're going to lose everything for 2022. 100%. Look, I, I could not. I'm so glad you said that, Cindy, because, look, obviously there's some areas that need to get fixing or shorn up. I get it. But if we see the field right now, then they win. That's 100%. And then they enact everything. So I get it. If you're out there and saying, I've got some concerns with the last election, okay, then work to get them changed. Uh, make sure your voice continues to get heard. I get it. But don't walk off the field right now. That's what happened in Georgia. And we ended up with the Senate controlled by Chuck Schumer. And that's what's getting through these nominees. I mean, think about all these unqualified people. It wouldn't have happened if we if everyone had gotten out of Georgia. Um, all these policies that they're able to discuss, they wouldn't have been able to do. Nothing would happen if we had one more seat in the Senate. Um, and so I, I cannot underscore what you just said. If, if, if Democrats put all their folks out there and we don't, 
uh, then then we're going to have a problem. And when you say that, look, in 2016, we had the House, Senate and the White House, and we didn't accomplish anything because the wrong Republicans were there. We are for America first values. We are for save America right now. And even if you don't want to vote, if you have a rhino there, then write in a name. But make sure in New York right now we have three uh, uh, pr- uh, propositions about voting and expanding it for Democrats. So get out there and vote on the issues. Yep. That's key for 2022 and 2024. Um, Sean, tell us a little bit what else is going on. I mean, you're so busy between Newsmax and between uh, rallies and personal events and the book, which is doing so well. Tell us what else we could expect. Well, uh, if you ask my wife, she thinks that's plenty. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, like you said, every night at, at six o'clock, we have a show on Newsmax called Spicer and Company, uh, which is fabulous. Uh, we get to talk about the issues of the day with the people making news and the people who can break it down the best. Um, and then obviously just kicking off this book tour, getting around the country uh, and doing a bunch of events uh, is, is going to take up the next few weeks. So, I mean, and obviously then trying to really stay involved in uh and helping to have a voice in, uh, in, in the midterms and making sure that, you know, like you said, everyone's got to get involved. And, and I love what you're doing because it, it's like, I, I hear a lot of times people say, well, no one's doing this and no one's doing that. And I get it sometimes, or they're doing it poorly. If you don't like the system, get involved. And that's what you've stepped up and done, right? You've found a niche, to, a way to help support people. Um, and, and so I think that what's help, what's great is that if you see an area that, you know, you think needs, more support, then, then get together with a group of folks and, and either get involved in a current organization or take it upon yourself. But, you know, that's what so many of the Trump folks did in 16. And then again, in 20 was, Hey, look, we don't like some of the institutions that are there. We're going to go out and organize. There's a, a, a group down in, um, in South Florida, in the Palm Beach area, the West Palm Beach area called Trump 45. And it's this group of folks that started getting together once a month, I guess, maybe once every five or six weeks. They get some amazing speakers. They gather and they, and they talk. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing group of folks. And I've seen that in areas throughout the country uh, where people have kind of taken um, their, their interest and said, let's organize a group of folks to get together and either mobilize voters, educate candidates, you know, bring some speakers in, uh, whatever. But that's why I think what's great uh, is that we've got to continue to do that because the Democrats get what's at stake. They're organized. They've got a ton of resources and a ton of people. So we've got to do the same. I would be remiss if I did not discuss the fact that the current press uh, secretary, uh, Ms. Circle, uh, you know, Circle It, has been getting a lot of criticism for the lack of facts in her statements. Can you imagine what would have happened when President Trump's three amazing press secretaries will pull the kind of nonsense that's going on at the briefings every day? I'm sure people are talking to you about it. Well, I mean, I don't have to imagine. I lived it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I get it. And, and again, the difference was is that we were held accountable. Some cases very wrongly so. Uh, and in, in Jen's case, she gets to go out there, say whatever she wants, and there's no accountability to it. Sean Spicer, where can our listeners uh, find the book? Buy it. It's a perfect holiday gift, as you know. Monica, this is. is and if you, and, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Here's a couple things. One, you can always you can go to Amazon right now, or if you if you're in, forget Radical Nation or whatever, you can go to Newsmax.com/slash twenty three. It takes you right to the link to order it. Literally, it takes you to Amazon. It's in bookstores everywhere today. Costco's carrying it, Bar- Barnes and Noble, uh, airport bookstores. Uh, but if you buy it and you, to your point, Cindy, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving, whatever you want it, if you go out and buy the book, you go to my website, chauncebeister.com, there's a pull-down menu. You can go to contact at chauncebeister. If you email us with a purchase, we will send you a signed book plate to put in it. So if you want to personalize it for somebody or just have a signed copy, we'll do that for you and send it out to you uh, ASAP. So if you if you do that, you know we, we'd love to, to do that as a treat to everybody or your listeners. And I'm telling everybody – Buy it for your independent and moderate Democrat friends who are starting to realize what's going on and they could possibly be swayed. So it's the perfect gift for them because they will have facts, not opinion, which is key. And Sean, thank you for everything you've done, your friendship. Uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. I remember I miss the days I used to see you all the time at all the live events. I'm gradually coming back in New York. And uh, thank God we could see you every night at six o'clock on Newsmax. <laughs> thank you, Cindy. I appreciate and say it. Say hi to Lindsay for us. Will do. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks, Cindy. Bye-bye. Welcome back to this very special and very important Cindy's Political Corner episode. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I opened the show differently and I am ending differently. You've had now a month of political shows meeting candidates from all across New York, and you've met people that are very influential public figures that actually know the facts and have shared facts with you. Now it is time for you to do what is right, to get out and vote. A lot of people are telling me they really don't like the candidates, so they don't want to go out. One thing that I can tell you is sitting home will never, ever accomplish anything and will hurt us in the long term, Democrat and Republican, independent or any other third party. People have died for decades for the privilege and the honor to cast a vote. Think about women and blacks and Jews. And even today in countries where people are not allowed to vote and you are saying that you want to sit out this important vote. I know I have international listeners. I know I have listeners from all across the country, but I focused on New York because everybody focuses on New York. Business, health, politics, everything, the United Nations, the Empire State Building, New York Fashion Week, New York, New York, a hell of a town. But right now, everybody is saying they're not in a New York state of mind. Well, get in it immediately. I don't care if you write in names. I don't care if you make up names. It's your right to do it. Put in your own name. I know many people wrote my name in because they were not happy with my opponent who ran against me in the primary and won 
And then came the elections and did not want either candidate, but wanted me. But you must get out for a, a very important reason, one that we really haven't discussed. And that is the propositions to expand voting. The propositions to allow people to vote who aren't paying taxes and who aren't legal citizens. In so many countries around the world, you have to show an ID. Right now, the very people that want to extend, extend I'm sorry, our voting rights are the same people that want you to walk around with passports for mandates that will allow you into restaurants, to public places, to schools and jobs. Why is it okay for you to vote without any ID, but you could lose your job and benefits if you don't have the ID for a vaccination? It simply doesn't make sense. I'm going to tell you something. What goes around comes around. For every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. And I am telling you, Democrats out there who think that they know it all and they're going to win one over on Republicans, it's just not going to happen. Because the way you treat Republicans now is the way you are going to be treated when Republicans gain control of everything. Democrats, I am telling you something else. There is something called a check and balance system. When you don't have a check and balance system, chaos erupts. Look what's going on with the price of food and what's going on at the border. Look what's going on on the streets of Manhattan and in Chicago and how more people are being killed by random gunshots than anything else today. And who's getting hurt the most? The very people that the Democrats are claiming they want to help, minorities. You know, in 2016, the Republicans had the House, the Senate, and the White House. And you know what? They didn't accomplish that much because they worked bipartisan. They tried to work together. But we have learned in less than a year what happens when Democrats get control of the House, the Senate, and the White House. And what happens in California and New York. And we're not going to forget. And we're not going to forget what's going on every day in our streets, at our supermarkets, at our gas stations, in our schools. Fighting a parents going to a school board meeting or what's going on in the judicial system. People, this is the most important local election of our lives. And sitting home, is not the answer. Go in and write Mickey Mouse if you don't like the candidate, although there are some really good options. Go in and remember, comptroller controls your money. District attorney, your judicial system. 
That's not Republican or Democratic. That is everyone. People elected on local levels will meet with you in a different way than people who are elected to go to Washington, D.C. I know for myself. Everybody knows I'm a Republican. But that doesn't mean I don't know who represents me locally in the Democratic Party. It's a shame that you think we're at war. The biggest war we have is not working together. The biggest war we have is ignoring what's right in front of us, which is a declining America, a declining democracy, a declining New York, and generations that fear for their future. I can't tell you enough. Go out and vote. Vote no on Proposition 1. Vote no on Proposition 3. Vote no on Proposition 4. And make sure that if you are going to vote, that your neighbor is going with you. If somebody needs a lift, call your local Republican offices or Democratic if you're a Democrat. Jewish Vote GOP will help you. If you see something funny at your polling site, you can reach out to Jewish Vote GOP. People know how to reach me. They've done it for years. That's what a board of elections is for. And even though many of us are going to question the integrity of voter this year, of voting, we are definitely going out there to vote. Sitting home is not the answer. Just remember this. 2022 is coming. 2024 is coming. Democrats will not be in control of everything all the time. They may win the battle, but they certainly ain't winning the war. And like I said, the biggest war we are fighting right now is to save America, to build a better future for our children. This is Cindy Gross, your host of Cindy's Political Corner. We will be back next week with Cindy's Celebrity Corner, bringing you the headlines and trendsetters from all over the world in the fields of entertainment and fashion, authors and chefs, and much more. Thank you so much for tuning in.